Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 83. Uh, you got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about running through the Range Master Core Pistol Skills Drill uh, three times in a row with different accuracy standards and some of the lessons learned, observations, um, etc., from running this particular course of fire um, multiple times in a given night. This is a little bit of a continuation, too, from our previous training night and a little bit of our previous podcast where we talked a lot about running this, um, running the basic one-time drill in the rain and actually in a pouring frickin' rain, uh, driving frickin' rain. Um, and some lessons learned on that, too. Um, guys, the, the, the core pistol skills test and, and the stuff taught at Rangemaster is, is about winning gunfights. Um, there, there are some really good podcasts out there, Brian, that you could probably give information on. Um, where guys have, have talked about, you know, get the first guy who gets a decent hit on meat, not a great hit, a decent hit on meat against a bad guy. Um, understanding that the vast majority of people who aren't meat eaters, true meat eaters, um, getting hit is the end of the fight for them. Whether it's lethal or not, they, they run away, they shut down, they do whatever. There are very few people who continue to fight. Um, but that's also why we teach to keep shooting until things hit the ground and stop being a threat to you. Um, that's also what Range Master teaches, and they've had 60-some people prevail in gunfights. Not survive them, but prevail, win gunfights. Um, and a big part of that is because a lot of their modality and what they're training, a lot of their ideas are around getting the first decent hit on meat and then going from there and continuing to address the target, um, you know, either rinse, repeat as necessary kind of yeah. deal. So, so understanding that that's their big thing is get a first good hit, not that perfect, absolutely X-ring center of mass hit um, a little a little slower, but that, that good enough hit really fast and then follow it up and keep hammering on it. Um, so as we talk about this, what, what comes to the forefront of this is that speed matters probably maybe a little more than absolute accuracy. If you're shooting good enough accuracy, speed matters quite a bit. And I was alluding to the podcast. I forget you said that there were some dudes from X-ray Delta, X-ray Alpha, or X-ray Alpha. Pardon me, that were on somebody's podcast. Who's um, uh, Scott? Scott Jedlinski's the yeah. Modern Samurai podcast. So, and and basically that was the gist of what they said. You know, if I ding somebody in the arm or I ding somebody in the leg, and it just pushes them out of their loop, and they've got to reset. It, by that point, I'm I've already won. I'm past them. I'm over that body and keeping going because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna spin them, put more rounds in them, and have a nice day. We're going to the next guy. Um, you know, so understanding that that's kind of what this was about. Um, I, I'll I'm gonna let you explain again what the idea was behind doing this progression because I thought that was really important and and a good training tool to do the progression the way that we did it and for the reasoning that you gave. Um, and also understand, guys, I w w there are some of us that were grumbling a little bit because, it, you know, we, it wasn't explained how important the, the, the speed aspect of it was, but that was part of the training progression that you were trying to present. Yeah. And when you do it under these three runs of 40 rounds each, it makes a lot more sense as to not explain necessarily the hardcore why of it. Um, if you want the hardcore why of it, go to the school. Yeah. Go to the school. You'll get two days or a week or whatever it is of the hardcore why, then I can nearly guarantee you it'll make absolute sense at that point. Yeah, so to explain what we did, um, we ran the, the Range Master Core Pistol Skills test or drills or whatever that you want to call it. Yeah, I think it's a test. I mean, it's a, uh, 
which you can, if you Google that, um, you can pull it down. You can find out exactly what it is so you don't have to take notes right now. Uh, running through the, the nine stages real quick. Um, these are all shot for a cumulative total time. Uh, starting out with from three yards, um, there's a sidestep, draw, and fire four rounds. Uh, stage two at five yards, a sidestep, draw, and fire three rounds to the body of the target and two rounds to the head. Uh, quick, quick, quick note on the sidestep. The sidestep is something that comes out of law enforcement training. Um, a number of law enforcement agencies have, have caught on to um, what a number of high-level trainers have been preaching for a long time. Um, if anybody's followed, uh, you know, there was a website or a, a web forum, Get Off the X, uh, done by James Jager and Tactical Response. Get Off the X is something that guys who go out and hunt people for a living or go into bad situations for a living understand getting off the X. Well, getting off the X is somebody who doesn't understand what it means, application of um, standing in one place, certain death, one step to the right or left, 100% safety. Um, it's something that was probably built in because law enforcement agencies across the country having certain trainers, not all of them, but having certain trainers who shouldn't be in those jobs who got them by seniority, um, you know, basically you're, it's, it's, oh, if you take one step to the left, you weren't where you were, you got off the X, you're safe now. It's an application of getting somebody to think about moving. That's all that is, just so you know. It's not like running off the range. It's literally a sidestep, almost from an administrative standpoint. Yeah. So, sorry, interjection. <laughs> Stage three at five yards um, with the gun starting in your dominant hand only, um, basically at the low ready, fire four rounds um, to the body. Uh, stage four, again at five yards, starting with the gun in the non-dominant hand, um, at the low ready, fire five rounds. Uh, moving back to seven yards, um, drawing and firing six rounds. Uh, then still at seven yards, uh, starting at the ready with three rounds total in the gun. Uh, we fire three rounds, reload, and then three more rounds. Uh, now we move back to 10 yards, draw and fire three rounds. Uh, move back to 15 yards, draw and fire four rounds. And then move back to 25 yards and draw and fire three rounds. And again, no part-times. All these are for you to do as quickly as you can possibly do um, with, with, with effective enough hits. Um, literally, that's it. That's, that's all the instruction given, you know, or at least yeah. from you right off the bat. You know, do this. There's no part-time. Do this as fast as you can do it and get the hits that you need to get and press on. Yeah. 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 Uh, which kind of one of the, one of the, call it the learnings doing this cumulatively is that if you come into it, um, you know, you shoot it at the pace you would normally shoot it um, because the time becomes the divisor in the equation but with the math that's involved, um, a bigger time is very penalizing to your overall score. Yeah, and I'm not a statistician. I'm not even a mathologist. I'm barely a gynecologist. Um, the reality check is, is what you find out really quickly is that the fastest time is a huge the divisor matters more, yeah. and I, and I'm I'm gonna say that with again without being somebody who understands numbers really well, um, it's weighted toward time as long as you have decent hits. So you score on an IDPA target um, or IPSC target. I think we used an yeah, IPSC, right? So we used IPSC targets yeah. the first time three. So the IPSC has the vertical rectangular um, A zone, five points for the A. Yep. 
C-zone surrounds that by a few inches, um, and that's three points for a C-zone hit. And then um, elsewhere on the target is a one-point hit off the target is a miss. You also, the two headshots, those are the only two points that you, the only two shots that you score on the head. They're five points each anywhere on the head, but any other headshots are considered misses. You should only have two when you're done. Um, at least on the first run, we did yeah. modify that down the road, um, a little bit, but you know, and so your, your score is going to be out of 40 rounds fired. Uh, you have a possible 200 when you're scoring this, you're basically subtracting anything off of that around the outside, the perimeter of the A zone or the perimeter of the head, um, and going on from there. Um, we had a lot of guys shoot pretty clean. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe a few C zone hits, but mostly A's. Um, occasionally somebody would dump the headshot because they were trying to go too fast or something like that. But where it really, it, it, what, what made it obvious was that with everybody having 180 plus scores or 170 Actually, plus. I mean, if we, we look, so we looked down through the points on this particular run, um, Chris shot a 193, um, we had a 174, 156, 158, 140, 167, 169, 154, 138, and a 154. Um, okay. You know, decent people. So this was our second time through. We did debrief this pretty well after we shot it in the rain. Um, I'd say most shooters put kind of an emphasis on the hurry up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Yeah. Um, to where the, I, honestly, I would say that the points, the accuracy points were a lot greater in the rain than they were. Yes. This time around in the drive because people started to pick it up. Absolutely. And and like even, you know, even with me pulling a 190 something, all of my dropped shots were left hand almost all of my points down were left hand only. Um and because I ran a gun I've never shot before. And so the left hand shots just didn't, you know, they weren't off the target. They just weren't good hits. Um and and it, it got honestly we push so much of an emphasis in our training in making those making those good hits, making those good hits, making those good hits, because you're told over and over and over again, well, you'll shoot twice as bad as you normally shoot, and you'll only rise to the level of your goodness with your badness in times three divided by four and stuff. And the reality check is, um, I, you know, I, I've, not, I've not shot back in a gunfight. Um, and so there's this reality check that I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, uh, but we always push for that really good first hit, second hit, third hit, etc., having the mentality of opening it up a little bit and, and really trying to go after it changed the scores here dramatically, even though it didn't, it changed the aggregate scores dramatically, but it didn't change the, the points dramatically, if that makes yeah. sense. Actually, I take that back. You shot a 167 that first okay. time around. Yeah. Cause um, I dumped somebody a bunch. Somebody else shot a 193. Yeah. Um, I was trying to figure out it. how is that high? Cause I dumped a bunch. Yeah. But I mean, the, this is where you're shooting it considerably faster. Yeah. It really makes a difference in the in the final score. Yeah, absolutely, and that's 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 what I got out of it was that you know I, I had a number of hits that were C's, and I had a couple, and I think I had a D or two, um, and I think I even had a full a full out miss. I think I had one that was a headshot that wasn't supposed to be mm -hmm. on that first one. So I mean, I I did go after it quite a bit harder, but the time differential still made the overall score I think better than the first time I shot it. Yeah. So and that, so just to you know the highlight the emphasis of these drills and where they push you so yeah yeah i know i i shot quickly um but put six rounds into that six extra rounds in the head box yeah 
that you know would have been very effective on a real person. Yeah. But unfortunately, you accounted for zero points. Exactly. Yeah, th that was painful. Yep. Well, but again, the the stressor was to go fast. Yeah. Right. I mean, because basically this was our second run, even though we did it as our first run, um, because our first run was in the rain, and was with the understanding of you don't have any understanding. Make, yeah. Make your hits. There's no part time. Uh, versus go fast. So, so the, you know, I think everybody took that first run almost as their go fast run. The second time around, uh, we did this again on on the Ipsic targets. Um, C zone or better hits were considered five points. Um, the two headshots, you had to make the two headshots. Um, they were kind of a go, no go type thing. Um, but then any additional hits in the head box counted for five points. Yes. Uh, and then anything in the, in the D zone of the target was worth two points. Yeah. Um, this is actually probably a little bit closer to the LETQ target or L. Yeah, whatever the Q, whatever the Q bottle target um, that a lot of agencies use looks like a great big bowling pin, Coke bottle, yeah, something like that. Um, those those targets overlaid on an Ipsy target really do give you more of the head to shoot at. Well, and they they also run the A zone up into the neck. They run the A yeah. zone vertically bigger. Um, they run it out vertically a lot further down too, and it's quite a bit wider. I mean, I would say that the the Q bottle target that a lot of agencies use, um, the the good zone is is easily the C zone and bigger on an Ipsic target. So yeah, when you overlay them, and and again, guys, we this was you know okay, the training wheels are off. You've done it once. Now you've done it once fast. Now you're going to do it once as fast as you can go. Really push it as far as you can push it safety wise. Um, and, and, but get, but open it up and really hit the throttle. And so, yeah. and you could definitely see a differential there too. Um, the, the times dropped dramatically from, from most of the guys in the group. Um, I struggled cause I had some stupid things going on with me, not with the gun or anything else. Um, but some equipment issues, but still managed, I think to pull a little bit of time out of it. So, yeah, I would say, so our, like scores definitely went up because um, we had a much more forgiving accuracy standard. Mm -hmm. uh, times, you know, our first shooter went from thirty-five seconds to twenty-eight point seven seconds. Yeah, which is um, almost a second per stage. Yeah, that's which significant. Is huge. That's significant. Uh, next shooter was about the same. Next shooter again about the same. Uh, next guy dropped. Am I looking at eight seconds? Um, you know, and again, dramatically increase the score. Yeah. Um, last year in the first relay, right about the same amount of time uh, to within like a couple tenths of a second. Yeah. Uh, and then the second relay, we were all just right about at the same amount of time. Um, the last guy dropped four seconds. Yeah. Um, but so, I mean, with I'd say ability wise, like the, the second relay is definitely a bit handier with a pistol. Sure. Sure, um, and and also again, this was this was not that this was not the first run that it normally would have been in the progression. So you know if you if you guys are following along and you want to take this progression of three runs um, of 120 rounds to the range and do it, the the first one is to set your baseline. The second one is to hit the gas pedal, and then the third one we'll talk about is to go back to chasing a little bit of accuracy standards um, and, and see what that does for you. Yeah, so then the, the third run, um, we used B8 bullseye targets um, for the body shots. So anything inside the 8 ring was considered a 5-point hit, 
Um, the seven ring was a three point hit. The six ring is a one point hit. Um, six ring on a BA is pretty generous. Yeah, no, that, that's a big target. It's a big yeah, target. It's a big target. Um, and then, you know, anything, the two headshots were still on the, the Ipsic target, and those were five points or no points. Yeah. And um, I would I would also say that the the six ring on the on the B eight is probably the same size as the C zone, but in a circle. It's not as elongated. So while it's generous, I still think it's smaller than the A C zone, if you're looking at it from that perspective. Yeah, it tightens things up vertically a little bit. Horizontally doesn't make a whole lot of difference. I think one of the things yeah. that the B eight did, at least it did for me, uh, when I shoot an IPSC target or an IDPA target, I'm consciously aiming upper a zone on the ipsic target yeah so that i don't really consider the bottom of the a zone an aiming zone yeah and that's one of the reasons and, i don't like the idpa target is because the idpa doesn't connect to the neck yeah whereas the ipsic does connect to the neck so if you're shooting high thoracic which would be combat effective hits on meat um the idpa target doesn't really acknowledge those combat effective hits in yeah. my opinion to some extent so, uh, so going to the, the b8 with the circular target it forces you to center your yeah. hits um, actually gives you a little bit more forgiveness in the, the vertical realm. Because um, for me, it's pushing my point of aim down probably four inches from where it would be on the F6 target. Yeah. Um, Plus, yeah. it gives you a big dot to aim at. Yeah. Versus a great big, you know, blank target, you know, that you've got to figure out where should I be holding. So, hmm. yeah. Uh, we had one of our guys actually shoot this, uh, shoot a 200, um, shot it clean. He's been practicing. He says twice a week, um, doing a bunch of dry fire and stuff too. Yeah. And over the last couple of months, and it has really paid off. Yeah. Uh, actually shot it in the same, right about the same amount of time as the yeah. first run. Times were super consistent. Um, and everybody's times this time around, pretty much were right around the times they shot it the first time around. Yeah. Um, which kind of, it's that, okay, how fast can I go and, you know, make my make my hits um yeah and and you know part part of my takeaway from from that last run on the b8 was um just because a dude's an artist and makes like aloha shirts with flowers and shit on them doesn't mean he can't shoot um you know we, de we definitely had some dudes smoke the b8 stuff pretty well um a couple of the guys who don't run the guns quite as fast slowed down and found some accuracy and still scored really mm -hmm. well even though the times weren't there um, a, a B8 target at 25 yards is an attention getter because um, that's where you're supposed to shoot it. And most people never get anywhere near that far out off of a target, yeah. especially a target that size. So it, it, I think there were a couple of guys for whom it was a little bit humbling. Um, but I think the rest of us were kind of like, okay, yeah, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not proud of it. I'm not going to take it home and tape it up on the refrigerator, but it, it was, gave you something to kind of focus back in on. Okay. Now let's now make the hits. We understand the alacrity portion of it. We understand trying to move fast. So let's maintain a rapid draw stroke. Let's maintain rapid manipulation of the gun, but do what we need to do to refine the sight picture and make those hits. Yeah. So it's kind of like not necessarily hitting the brakes, but refining the line for more speed. Yeah. The other thing that, you know, some of these extended strings of fire, like four and five rounds, six yes. rounds, um, your trigger management and being able to shoot at a proper cadence became yeah. really important. Yeah. Uh, you know, historically, we've shot a lot of pairs. Yep. And everybody's real comfortable with the one, two, um, but making a one, two, three or a one, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, it was. It did not sound like a metronome for most people. True, and I will absolutely agree with that. There were a lot of guys tripping over the trigger. Um, most of the guys in our group are beyond trying to shoot from reset. Um, they 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 run the trigger in, run the trigger out, run the trigger in, run the trigger out. Um, you know, so these are these are it's a group of guys that are pretty proficient shooters. Um, but you could definitely tell that everybody was not super honed in on their pistol game. And the the big problem right now is if you're trying to run metronome kind of drills where you're you know, it doing around a second, a around it's a lot, a lot, a lot of bullets to go out and train with, and it's hard to do dry fire unless you have one of those reset mags or something like that. Um, but the cadence, a lot of people tripped over the cadence, and I think some of what this, some of these courses where you had multiple rounds, were trying to emphasize how important it is for you to actually grip the shit out of the gun and and drive the gun, and how important it is for you to practice having a consistent cadence. Um, you know, some of the guys probably had some, you know, 0.18, 0.2 splits but they had them two, three in a row and then had a big hiccup that ended up being a point three or a point four yeah. as they choked on the trigger. Um, and, and what it did is it identified something for everybody to train on. Um, you know, I, I'm, I had one of those that was, to me was glaring. I, I don't think one of you might look at the splits. I don't know if it's that bad. Um, I know Mac J had one that like he, he choked on it and that's rare for him. That's rare for him because he makes a freaking Glock sound like a machine gun. Um, but there are a couple, like I said, there are a couple times where, you know, just flat out choke on the trigger. And there are a number of guys who at the end of it are like, so deadlifts and kettlebells, increase your grip strength. Um, maybe we should be looking at that, yeah. um, to, to make sure you're grab, you know, grabbing the crap out of the gun and hanging on to it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, anything to add to, because I, I, again, I'll go back to, I keep saying this. I thought that progression was a really good progression for 120 rounds. Yeah. And, be, you know, it's something that I think if you had a small group of people or, you know, one or two of you or a group of three or four of you, you know, you could go out and run this in pretty handily in an hour or two, um, not waste a whole bunch of time, not shoot a whole bunch of ammo, but get a lot out of that progression from a standpoint of what am I trying to do with the gun when I actually need to use the gun. Yeah. The, the thing I, you know, I'd look at this course of fire is honestly the best use of 40 rounds right now you can do with a pistol provided you got a range that you yeah. can draw the gun on. Provided you are a, if you are a shooter who has good fundamental skills, if your draw stroke is sound, if your ability to press the trigger without screwing up your side alignment is sound, if you've done reloads um, on the draw stroke, draw stroke shoot, reload from a, a pouch and stuff, if you if you have good fundies, then this is this is probably the best. I would agree. It's it's one of the drills that's one of the best forty rounds you could you could do for sure. Yeah. Um, if you are brand flipping new, if you're if you're one of our folks who's you know you've just bought a gun in the last few months and you're trying to figure out how to use it, um, I'm going to push you into some other drill suggestions yeah. at some point. Go shoot dot down. torture. Go shoot dot torture. Yeah, go shoot dot torture until you can just smoke dot torture at 10 feet and then keep moving back and do that. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean if you're at the point where if you're shooting dot torture at say four or five yards and you're consistently shooting a 47 or better out of 50. Yeah. Um, you're going to be much better served moving into something like the range master core pistol skills test. Yes. yes. Then continuing to push dot torture further out, um, mainly because dot torture does not have a time component to it. Exactly. Exactly. And the time component on this is, is very educational. Yeah. It's very educational. So and it, yeah. And it consistently covers you know, the critical skills to have with the pistol from either a concealed carry permit holder, um, somebody who's looking to defend their home, or a law enforcement officer. Yeah. Um, it's about getting the gun into the fight quickly, um, making hits, and making repeated hits um, to finish yeah. the fight. And also note that 
it, it has one hand only components because people get injured in gunfights and it does have a reload. The reality check is while law enforcement officers all, almost always have a reload in their gunfight, they're taught you know, to the nth degree, no matter what's happened to top off, if you've got someone else around you to shoot until the threat goes away and then top off if you need to. Um, as civilians, there's a lot of civilians who don't even carry a spare magazine. Um, and in this day and age, that's probably something that should be changing. I've never been one of those hardcore, you got to carry a spare mag kind of guys, um, which I know people disagree with. That's cool. Um, but there's this reality check of the world we live in now. Um, I carry a spare mag all the time now. Um, and so yeah. the likelihood of civilian you're going to get to a reload on the gun is almost a lightning. You're more likely to get hit by lightning than you are to have to reload the gun. doesn't mean you shouldn't be. Um, and it doesn't mean you should not do it. And this adds that component, but adds it in such a way that it's not the main focus of the drill. Getting yeah. the gun out and making the hits is the main focus. And honestly, I would say, you know, between, say, the first group and the second group yeah. on the line, uh, a big part of that differential of time really came down to the reload. Um, this is the core pistol skills test um, is a good test of your gear, too, especially as a concealed carry holder. Yep. Uh, having the right holster, having a holster positioned correctly, having a good belt to keep the gun from moving around. Yep. Um, even though we're not engaged in vigorous activity, um, you still do need the gun to be where you expect it to be. Yeah. The, and, and, and you need your, your reload yes. to be accessible. Um, yep. Because, uh, you know, going from a, a number of us had a four second time, uh, part time, or you know, total time on the, the stage with the reload. There were a bunch of guys up in the eight, nine, ten yeah. second range, yeah. uh, which you know, in the the overall scheme of things, actually a really big penalty. Absolutely, and the the reality check is drawn through draw and shoot three for almost anybody should be sub two and a half seconds. Um, for for most guys who train significantly, it should be a sub two second conversation. Draw and shoot three from concealment should be a At sub two second. Yards. Yeah, should be a sub two second conversation. Um, the reload should probably be a sub two second conversation. And then the additional three shots shouldn't be more than another second, second and a half, um, you know, in general. So the, the reality check around, you know, the guy's pushing up into eight seconds, again, something else to work on. Um, is it a gear conversation? You know, maybe that's it, but it's probably more than likely a reps conversation. There, um, were, there were a bunch of guys though. I noticed that, you know, mags were in pockets. Uh -huh. Mags were, yeah. you know, they weren't staged as well. Um, the way they had concealment over the mag, yeah, confused things. Um, and we were doing this; it was ninety, it was ninety degrees out. We were doing yep. this in t-shirts. Yeah, there weren't multiple layers or anything like that to uh, file it stuff. Was, it was pretty straightforward this time around. Yep. Uh, you know, we still had guys running. You know, draw three, reload, and three. You know, in the eight second range. Yep. Um, it's one of those things that it's easy to practice at home, dry fire. Yep. To be quite honest. Yeah, so like I said, it gave a number of guys another place with headlights to say, hey, this is some place I need to work on and clean up quite a bit. Um, equipment, guys, I ran a uh, Gen 5 Glock in a holster made off of a Gen 3 gun. Um, created all kind of issues. There were a couple times I had to strip the holster off the gun after drawing it uh, because that second uh, slide release on the, on the, on the right-hand side of the gun, on the wrong side of the gun, um, held onto the holster. And so I had to chase that down a little bit. Um, hadn't, didn't plan on that when it happened, ripped it off the gun and went on. I don't know that I really lost a whole lot of time. A um, little bit of annoyance, but, you know, again, one of those things. Sometimes I carry that gun and that setup in a holster with a lightweight belt, or sometimes I throw it on with gym shorts on. Um, it is something that I practice 
stripping the holster off the gun because sometimes I'm not in uh, my tactical 5.11 pants with my inch and three-quarter double layer tactical nylon scuba webbing belt, blah, 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 blah. You know, sometimes I throw that gun on with lighter weight shorts. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of the way it is. So, you know, you can't let some of those things get inside your head. You just have to solve them, um, you know, and then maybe make better gear choices down the road, which is what we'll be doing. Because like I said, it's the first time I'd run that gun, first time I'd run into that, but I ran into it like three different times. Yeah. Oh, well, make it, make it work. So. Yeah, like I said, this is a, a good... A good course of fire to prove, you know, does your setup actually work? Yeah. Uh, you know, looking at the total, the longest strength being six rounds, um, this is a, a course of fire that you can run, you know, anything from an X5 Legion, which we had one guy do. Yep. Um, to, you know, you can run this with a Glock 43. I mean, you can run it with an LCP2. Yep. You can even run it with a six-shot revolver and yep. not have to do an unnecessary reload. Um, outside of what is prescribed or you could run it with a snubby have the reload at it into your time set that as yeah. your baseline if you always carry a snubby or take the five shot take the five point miss maybe on that run too you know be, be adaptable if that's the gun you carry if that's what you put in your day put in your pants pocket every day then that's probably not a bad way to run this so to give yourself a baseline because i think that's yeah. what we'd like to use it for is something to come back to a couple times a year and say hey where are we at now right so yeah Cool yeah, same thing, you know, as well, if you're looking at, you know, what is the difference between, you know, running irons and being good with a red dot, um, here's a consistent, repeatable course of fire yeah. that you can baseline, you know, equipment, skills, yeah. um, et cetera, on and keep yourself honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? I don't have anything else to add to that. I just, other than, again, I thought this was a really good use of time and a really good use of ammo. Um, and, and it's, like I said, if we talked about having a training book this that data is going in my book yeah that's going to be one of my baselines um and it may be something that i do intermittently throughout the year if i want to go shoot less than a box of ammo um out of the handgun i may go set this up and just run this for that ag time and push it through the numbers and add it to the book each time just yeah. for interest sake so yeah i, I don't yeah. want to i don't want to do it over and over and over again and train to it right um you know, it's like a fast test to me a little bit. You know, I'd, I'd rather keep this as in the back pocket as a, as a metric to come back to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, these are all, these are the skills we should be practicing. Mm -hmm. So it isn't quite like, oh, I'm going to go shoot, like I'm going to memorize the, say like the fast test. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause there's, there's not that much to this to go and memorize yeah. it. You know, it's not that complicated. It's, it's draw and shoot. Like, draw the gun yeah. and get the hit. Yeah. It, you know, uh, if, you, if you can't count, it gets hard. But other than that, you're fine. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, on that note, um, you can follow us on social media as long as we are allowed to stick around. Um, we are posting inventory as it comes in um, to Instagram and Facebook. We are at Cap City Outfitters. If you see something on there that you got to have, um, give us a shout. Um, we can take a deposit for it over the, over the phone with a credit card, and then it will be yours. Um, we are... Honestly, we've sold guns in less time than it takes to make a bull ride this week <laughs> based on our social media posts. Yes. Uh, so if you see stuff, um, please do feel free to give us a shout. Uh, we can we can take your credit card over the phone and then hold it for you. Uh, we also do an email newsletter once a week. Um, that goes out on Fridays. You can sign up for that on our website or send us an email to info at capcityoutfitters.com. Um, we post inventory and things to that as well. But a lot of stuff is gone before Friday. Yeah, and, rolls yeah around. unfortunately, with the COVID, with the COVID going on, 
Um, stuff going on the newsletter it may or may not be there, depending on what it is. So we apologize and, and for that. And when it gets here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, lastly, you know, please do um, come see us. We are in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. Um, we're in front of the Aldi's right next to Louis Fusion Drill. Uh, due to the COVID and many Mike's tyrannical decrees, we are running uh, slightly reduced hours. We're 10 to 5, Tuesday through Saturday. Uh, we are also limiting it to four people in the store um, to maintain proper social distancing. Uh, generally not having to have anybody wait for more than a couple minutes. True. And even that is pretty rare. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to, to seeing all of you. Uh, hopefully you are continuing to enjoy these podcasts. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it.